stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. We are, of course, uh, seized with the case of the Canadian detained in China. We are engaging with Chinese officials. Uh, we have uh, engaged uh, with consular support to his family. Uh, this is obviously uh, an issue that we are taking very seriously and is ongoing. That is the Prime Minister commenting earlier today on reports that former diplomat Matt Michael Korvig, uh, Korvig was taken into custody by Chinese officials, which would appear to be in retaliation to the fact that Canada has arrested and charged the chief financial officer of Huawei Technologies, uh, the daughter of the company's founder. Now, of course, the Americans come into play in all of this because uh, even the President of the United States seems to be suggesting that the CFO of Huawei, could somehow be used as leverage in his desire to get a trade deal with China. And so the potential of extradition uh, to the U.S. looms large over all of this. Uh, But it did seem like a surprise that Canada was uh, prepared to move so forcefully against Huawei technologies. Typically, we take a much softer approach in dealing with the Chinese. Well, joining us to talk about uh, all of this, very pleased to welcome to the program our friend Terry Glavin, author and journalist, uh, has a column up today at OttawaCitizen.com about all of this, also wrote a piece recently for McLean's.ca on these issues. Terry, great to have you back with us. Welcome to the program. Hi, Rob. Nice to talk to you. All right. So, I mean, just kind of in a general sense, Terry, what do you make of everything that's happened in the last few days? Oh, God. What a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute mess. Um, it's, um, I mean, this is sort of being... I think adulthood and seriousness is being forced upon us in the matter of China and uh, generally, and Huawei specifically. We've been warned for a decade uh, by uh, a succession of intelligence agencies, our own, the Americans and others, that uh, Huawei presents a very sinister threat to uh, our national security. And we are seeing it come to pass. What we're seeing, interestingly, you know, Huawei is uh, a telecom, a giant telecom, a behemoth. Um, And as a Chinese corporation, it is obliged to have a Communist Party committee within its management structure. It is also obliged by law to answer to Chinese intelligence and security agencies when called upon. And... um, The curious case, or the interesting thing about this particular case, is that um, Meng uh, Wanzhou was not, uh, you know, charged with spying or something like that, but was rather, uh, uh, and I face fraud charges in the United States on a very, 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 very evidence-rich warrant uh, that she uh, participated in deception and fraud in the matter of laundering money out of Iran through a proxy company called Skycom. And I think that's kind of been underplayed in this, actually. Mm -hmm. Because, you see, this is the sort of thing that civilized countries might do to contain or quarantine or restrain the behavior of police states is sanctions. Um, And China will not tolerate it. China will not have it. Neither will Russia. Uh, there are UN sanctions, 
um, and only UN sanctions that um, China and uh, and Russia will uh, will recognize. And that's because they they have a veto on the UN Security Council. The other thing that's interesting that's being kind of underplayed is that. The Americans have a very, very robust uh, extraterritorial regime in sanctions. Canada doesn't. In fact, it's since 1992, there's only been one successful prosecution under Canada's uh, primary sanctions law, the Special Economic Measures Act law. So in this case, we're doing, uh, in the ordinary course of uh, conduct under the Canada-U.S. Treaty, um, we follow the rule of law. Uh, we recognize judi- judicial independence. Uh, we uh, subscribe to the principle of equality before the law. We're presented with an extradition request from the U.S. Justice Department. We act on it, and this is the way China behaves. They completely blow up. They're basically, basically saying, well, you know, nice little country here. Shame should anything happen to it. They kidnap. Uh, a diplomat on leave, a Canadian diplomat on leave. And I think it's, uh, it's, you know, I hate to be, you know, kind of I told you so, but there have been uh, many of us over the years who have said, watch out, this is, this is, this is not going to end well. Um, and it's not ended well. It's ended very, very, very badly. And, of course, now with Trump being uh, the president of the United States, he's kind of thrown a spanner in the works by suggesting that um, Meng Wanzhou might be used as a, a pawn, if you like, in the trade talks that he's having with uh, President Xi over the next 90 days. Yeah. And that taints the whole process. So we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. This was not... I should I should stress, this was not uh, a matter of uh, being sort of, you know, Canada willingly or or even unwillingly being caught up in a trade war between Canada between uh, the United States and China, um, but that is what Trump has decided to make of it, or has suggested he might be willing to make of it, and he's done it before. He did it with ZTE, uh, another Chinese telecom giant when he intervened after being after a personal appeal directly from Xi Jinping and lifted a seven-year ban on ZTE being uh, uh, being allowed to operate in the United States they paid a 1.89 billion dollar fine for violating sanctions law uh, in Iran and North Korea so this is the kind of way that Trump behaves. You know, he has contempt for due process. He has contempt for the rule of law, mm-hmm. for the independence of the judiciary. And uh, on the other hand, we've got, uh, you know, the, the most gr- grotesque uh, police state in human history, which is increasingly belligerent, basically telling Canada, you do what we say um, or, there, or, or there will be severe consequences. So now we got a Canadian uh, who's been taken into custody. Yeah. Uh, the uh, uh, foreign affairs minister is speaking about it uh, right now. Uh, they're, they're being very cautious around all of this terror, but what, what does the response need to be? Well, I think the main thing we need to do is give our damn heads, heads a shake. You know, we live in this, and everybody knows it's rubbish. Every time Ralph Goodale opens his mouth about this or John McCallum in China, everybody knows they're lying. They know they're lying. You know, it's these sort of pretty little lies that one tells in 
in in the field of diplomacy. Um, and it's really got to stop. We have to confront what we're actually facing here, and we have to rewrite our entire China policy. It's been it's rotten to the core. It's been an absolute disaster. It's been based on the the absolutely ridiculous idea that the Chinese would somehow become more like us. They'd become more democratic if. Uh, you know, all they need to do is hang out with us a little bit more and they'll be nice. Well, the opposite has happened. We are becoming more like them. And, uh, you know, there's, a, there's a, Richard Fadden has said it. You know, there's going to be a point at which, there, you know, there's a, it's a point of no return. And we may have reached it already. It's a very, very serious situation that we're facing. Uh, and Canada has to start getting serious. This this can't keep going on. Um, if we continue to keep being pushed around like this, if we allow somebody, a corporation like like Huawei to embed itself in fifth generation internet technology, um, it's basically over. We'll be doing whatever the Chinese tell us to do. Well, and uh, yeah, Canada and other Western countries have an important decision to make uh, because uh, there, there's a concerted push from from uh, Huawei to be the supplier of this 5G uh, software and hardware. But, you know, if they're going to be building the network, that's just asking for trouble. Yeah. And the, the other thing is that we've been war- we've been told this for a decade. We've been warned about this for a decade. And we've taken advantage, actually, of the American reluctance to engage with Huawei. Um, we, we think, well, great, you know, the Americans don't want their money, we'll be happy to take it. We had Martin Koshan, a former Liberal MP, in 2012, I guess it was, when Huawei was given a $6.5 million subsidy to open a campus outside Ottawa, uh, said, uh, well, if you can't beat them, join them. And that's been our attitude. Now you've got the United States will not, you know, we, uh, this isn't a Trump thing, under Obama. Obama was arguably hard, harder uh, to give him his due on, 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 on isolating Huawei and isolating Chinese telecoms uh, than Trump is. Um, you have the United States Homeland Security. You can't even run a fire department in Montana if you've got a Huawei cell phone. Uh, it's been like this for years. Uh, now you got the Australians and the, and the New Zealanders, and mm-hmm. both of them said, "No way, we're not going to allow Huawei into uh, into fifth generation uh, internet technology." You've got the Japanese who said the same thing. British Telecom has said, "Nope, uh, we're stripping all of uh, all of uh, Huawei kit from uh, from our 4G uh, 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 technology, our 4G networks, and we're not going to permit Huawei into." Uh, our 5G networks, and Canada is alone. Canada is unique in the Five Eyes Intelligence uh, Alliance, you know, Australia, New Zealand, United Kingdom, United States, and Canada, and unique in the G7 in its supine relationship with Beijing. And we really have to stop doing this. And yet, Terry, we had a story from, I think it was either yesterday or the day before, where CSIS, our own intelligence agency, is warning universities against yeah. working and doing research with Huawei. Yeah, yeah. Huawei has uh, entered into research relationships with 10 universities across Canada. Uh, they take all the intellectual property that's developed from that and patent it and bring it back to China. 
Um, you can't even do business in China anymore uh, at any scale without entering into joint ventures with Chinese, favored Chinese corporations and basically surrendering any intellectual property you develop with them. Um, this is not the China of Hu Jintao, which is, was bad enough. The China of Xi Jinping is profoundly belligerent. It is profoundly aggressive. It, is, it has been very explicit. The future belongs to us. We're putting America in the, in the dustbin, dustbin of history. They basically got Africa sewed up already. The European Union has just passed uh, uh, an unprecedented bill which would safeguard uh, key European industries, including uh, um, uh, you know, sort of high-tech industries, against uh, uh, you know, overbearing Chinese intrusions. Um, the, the Chinese have essentially figured out a way to, to veto European Union foreign policy decisions by, by it, it, all of the, 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 the dirty money that it has poured into both Hungary and Greece, you know, the difficulty with the European Union is that so much of of what it requires in terms of foreign policy is unanimity among all the EU states. Well, you can forget that now. Uh, even the most basic uh, principles of uh, safeguarding inter- international law, the law of the sea, the European Union can't even get a resolution through anymore on uh, on on China's uh, whole wholesale annexation of the of the south china sea because of this and in canada what if you look at the senate you've got senator yen pao wu who leads what is on the verge of becoming the largest uh, group uh, voting bloc in the senate and his maiden speech was indistinguishable from victor orban's uh, uh position on the south china sea uh you know we shouldn't Bother the Chinese. We shouldn't worry these poor people. We should, uh, you know, not take a position on something as as central to international law as the law of the sea. Well, he's a senator. He's the leader of the independent, so-called independent senator senators group in uh, in Ottawa. So, you know, we've really gone a great distance down this road, and we have to pull back. We have uh, one of the, the arguably the most influential business lobby in Canada, is the Canada-China Business Council. Well, Huawei is a benefactor member of the Canada-China Business Council. Uh, Scott Bradley from uh, Huawei is on the, the Canada-China Business Council Board of Directors. Uh, the... Uh, you know, it's, 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 they're the sponsor, they're the presenting sponsor of Hockey Night in Canada now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, so, you know, yeah. at some point we're going to have to give our heads a shake here. Well, like and you say, I mean, these, these have been some big wake up calls for Canada recent days, so. One hopes. One, One can hopes. only hope. Indeed. Well, I'd encourage folks to read your column today. It's up at OttawaCitizen.com. Uh, Terry, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for making some time for us here. Okay, Much appreciate it. Take care. Uh, Author and journalist Terry Glavin. Again, you can read his latest uh, at OttawaCitizen.com today. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.